listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Let's get into the news on a day where OBJ finds a landing spot. The Panthers turn to a familiar face at quarterback. And the Ravens and the Dolphins square off on Thursday night football. What is the Vegas lead, RJ? We're going to start with OBJ. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little newsy stinger. And then you can tell us what happened. Odell Beckham Jr. signs a deal with the Los Angeles Rams per sources. The consensus Super Bowl odds tick up. They are now plus 750, third favorite to win the Super Bowl. Okay, so whenever Vegas moves, it means collectively the market, and the market is very intelligent. If the market wasn't, you could easily beat it, and you can't. So they say this matters. I think it does. I think the thing that people get wrong oftentimes is they'll be like, hey, that he will be the third receiver. He'll be the, you know, the third and fourth receivers are sometimes more important than the first receiver. Now, you might say that sounds crazy, but think of all the first receivers there are in the NFL. So there's going to be what? One per team, right? 32 of them. How many of them can handle what the defense gives them no matter what? So Belichick, it's famous. He'll say, we want to make him play left-handed, which means he wants to take away what they're most comfortable with and make him beat you with what they're not as comfortable with. And to me, if there might be a hand, or there are a handful of receivers, even if you double them, even if you try to stop them, you're not going to stop them. Jerry Rice, they, leagues, the whole league was trying to stop him for like, couldn't do Randy, Randy Moss. Moss. You know, you go through the list, right? Calvin Johnson. There's not many of those guys. In any given year, there might be five, six, seven of them. Then you've got the next tier. They're still number ones on the team, but they can get shut down if the other team wants to shut them down. Well, what happens? Now, because you're using extra resources to shut down the number one, how good's the number two? And something that Belichick does that I think is very interesting, he'll put his shutdown corner on the number two man-to-man. And then he'll double with one press coverage and a bracket over top. I sound like I know a little bit here. Is the number one. So now, what's the number three going to do? And that Because no team has like a third really good cornerback. You know, the, the, the nickel corner usually is not elite. Nope. Now, now, you look at, like, Denver, when they were at full strength, they, they did have a abundance of coverage guys. When the Ravens are healthy, they've got it, but they're never oh, that's never the case. I mean, it's, you know, that's <laughs> Jimmy some... Smith, Marcus Peters, never healthy. Yeah, so maybe if it's summer solstice <laughs> at noon, perhaps. The blood but, moon. Yeah, other than that is it's rare. Well, who, where's an example of when a third receiver made a big difference? Antonio Brown. There was questions. Would he mean something? It's like now you've got when you've got uh, two guys that were there and good, and now you bring in Brown, then you bring in Gronk. It, you could say it's an embarrassment of riches, but more importantly, you've got the ability where no matter what the defense does, someone can make a play. I think the Rams, they had Jackson, and the funny thing is Jackson wasn't happy with his numbers, but he led the league with the Rams this year in yards per reception. Now, what, Raiders, right? But yes. I, I think he'll make a difference there potentially, especially taking the top off the defense. But to me, this OBJ moving the line isn't just—and and again, we're talking about Super Bowl odds. I don't believe 
that it's just his reputation. It isn't just his oversized brand. I think as even a good receiver, to be a third receiver and be good is meaningful. I think it's a good thing for the Rams. I agree. I think that he will be the third best receiver on the Rams. I think they've, uh, unquestioned, they've, Cooper Cup is the best. He's the best receiver in the league this year, Cooper Cup is. And I think Robert Woods is about as good of a number two as you're going to find. I think OBJ, if he, I think when he weighed these options, he probably realized that's where he'll at least be to start. Much like Antonio Brown knew that when I come in, hey, I'm the third guy. Yeah, I've but got to earn Brown it. probably only had Tampa Bay that would take him. That's probably fair. Because uh, Brady was vouching for him. Yes, but I do think that it's it's interesting that Deshaun left, Deshaun Jackson left, or asked to leave because he wasn't getting enough touches. Got mm-hmm. eight, eight receptions on the year. Said, I'd, I'd like to touch the ball more, even though, like you said, per reception a lot. Odell Beckham's complained about not getting the ball enough. If he's going to be the third guy there, is he going to be happy with that number of footballs being thrown to him? Yeah, it's a good point, because you, you, I right away I was thinking, well, what's his choice? But in truth, he had other choices here where at Green Bay, in theory, he would have been the number two. And I got to be candid with you. I thought he'd go to Green Bay. And I don't know Odell's rationale. I don't have any special insight into how he thought about this. But it feels like kind of a superficial surface decision. It feels like L.A. is bigger than Green Bay. It's cold in Green Bay. And it feels like if you're going to Hollywood, it doesn't feel like you've downgraded. And a Cleveland to Hollywood feels like an upgrade. And he can kind of present perhaps to himself, to the world, that it was a good move. Where you go to Green Bay, maybe it's not as clear, but maybe Green Bay was the better football situation. The, the team that I had heard the most was the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, but see, with the Saints, he would have been maybe a number one, but the odds of winning the Super Bowl are significantly less. I think the Saints having a backup quarterback for the rest of the season probably soured him to that. Yeah, and but it, even, I mean, Winston's a backup quarterback. Right. Right. I mean, so, I mean, he's not a top quarterback at this point point I think that the Saints he would have got if he's in a weird way you make a great point a roundabout way is if Odell wants it to be about oh where is he what's the nightlife look like it does the brand suffer Rams were the best choice but if he wanted to play more or to be more active with targets receptions number one would have been the Saints number two would have been Green Bay Number three, the Rams on that list. Or the Ravens, another team that got talked about. See, staying in division and with another coach, that's the thing. The thing about McVay is he's the type to say, we're going to do it our way. We're not going to, but we're not going to let the uh, players dictate, but we're going to give them flex. I mean, I would say McVay's a young player's coach. Harbaugh's not. That's true. So it feels like that would have been. And, and again, the Patriots calling today right here in FSR was talking about uh, Patriots wanted him from what he had heard, like badly. That's the kind of thing you give a Randy Moss credit for going in there and, and playing hard and, and, and obviously resurrecting his career back in the day. OBJ, it felt like he made the most glamorous decision that maybe wasn't the best football decision and certainly wasn't the decision that would have been the most demanding. Patriots would have been demanding. Saints would have been demanding. He didn't want that. That makes a lot of sense. I think even Green Bay may have been – it may have been a lot of pressure on him because who knows what the Aaron Rodgers thing is down the road. Like maybe that, that's but not – this a, is a one-year deal though. Who knows what Aaron Rodgers is for the rest of this year? Well, what do you mean? 
I don't think that you're not saying anything that makes sense. What 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 could happen? I mean, they feel like the Rock, Packers there's, aren't. There's a 10 percent chance he or a small chance he doesn't play this week. Then what? I think there's a small chance that Aaron Rodgers plays like an unmotivated lame duck quarterback. Uh, yeah, the but that's the season. same thing that you that people thought and I thought was a possibility entering the year. And though his numbers are not like last year, Aaron Rodgers' numbers this year are better than any year he's had in the last five, except for last year. So I to me. If motivation is the issue, I think he's passed that test. If winning a Super Bowl is the priority, did he make the best move? Uh, Mathematically, that's interesting. So right now, if we look at it and if we just say, okay, let's adjust back and assume that Green Bay would have had a similar adjustment. So the Rams were in that eight eight and a half to one range. Eight to one range. And now they're seven and a half to one. So a 50 cent increase, you know, a tick up. So let's assume they go back to eight to one, right? If they didn't get OBJ, the Rams, and let's say the Packers at ten to one got them, maybe the Packers go to nine to one. So we're starting to split hairs, right? Yes, mathematically the Rams have a better chance to win the Super Bowl based on the betting market than the Packers, but it's so close that wouldn't have been the decision. And the two teams ahead of the Rams in the betting market are the Bucks and the Bills, who didn't have room for them to begin with. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's it's a good way to say it, right? And because uh, the Rams are now the third favorite, Tampa Bay five and a half to one, the Bills somehow six to one. AJ's team. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at six p.m. Eastern, three p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So basically, he got a two million dollars signing bonus and a one point five million fully guaranteed base pay is what he got. Okay, so, and the Panthers paid him more. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He's getting paid more by Carolina to play. I don't know if it's half a year to get paid, more, but if you prorate that over a year, and 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 literally no one wanted Cam this entire no time. One. Now I don't. I mean, I guess in theory, Cam could have said no to teams, but we didn't hear any reports of that. You don't, think the, you don't think he would have taken a call from the I Saints? Th- I think he would have. That's what I'm saying. I'm just being I, – I like to be accurate. Right? Fair. I mean, you know, it's hard, but yes. The Carolina got took. And what we know is that the ownership group is very good in hedge funds. They don't seem so good at the football stuff yet. And if you look at what they did with um, – specifically with Sam Darnold and that 50-year option, it bears repeating for a minute. And let's think about what happened here with rookies, the way it was. And this is going to evolve under the new CBA. And I think it's just the money that evolves. But there's always going to be this 50-year option, at least under this contract. Now, what does that mean? Is if you're a first-round pick, you have a fifth year that the team has an option on. It's the team's option. They can say, we want them or we don't. Mitch Trubisky, they said, no, thank you. And then thus, he after his fourth year, he was done with the Bears. He could have resigned there, but he went to the Bills. Okay. Now, here's the thing that makes it a little bit interesting. You have to decide on the fifth year after the third year. So third year happened. So Baker Mayfield, his third year happened. They picked up his fifth-year option in the offseason. Now he plays his fourth year. So Sam Darnold was in the same spot. Now, the Jets didn't have to make that decision. They didn't. They sent him in the rights to Carolina. Now, Carolina had a chance before the season started to say no, 50 or no. Now, that doesn't mean they couldn't have re-signed him. It was just we don't want to prepay a pretty big number. And I actually think Baker Mayfield's was $19 million. 
as I dug into it. So Sam's would have been incrementally lower, not not way Oh, I, I'm sorry. So Baker's would have been in the mid-20s because he was the one pick. And then I think, I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. So Sam's would have been 19. Yeah, about 19. Think about that. $19 million with a, when his first three years were as bad as any quarterback has ever played the game for the Jets. And they're saying, we're not only going to commit to this year, we'll commit to the next year. And you know what? We don't need to, but we want to make sure we lock them up. We don't want anyone grabbing Sam Darnold away from us. Now, how dumb is that? Especially you gave a second and a fourth rounder to do that? Yeah, to do that. Oof. And the Jets were just the Jets said, we don't think this Wilson's all that good, but we got to get rid of this guy. What do you think the odds are that the Panthers make the playoffs? Because if they're going to pay him that kind of money, they've got to really believe they're going to make the playoffs. See, I disagree with that. I think that when they s- traded for Gilmore, the cornerback of the Patriots, that was a sign of a lot of optimism for this year. Because this is his last year on his contract. They could resign him, but they were signing, you know, Gilmore for the rights this year. And and the trade wasn't for a lot of assets. It was like a sixth or seventh round pick for Gilmore, but he has a big paycheck this year. So why bring in? I mean, usually teams try to offload pay in a year they don't think they're going to, you know, once they see they're not going to be a playoff team. I think Carolina's owner has mandated we're going to try everything we can to win in any situation, and money's not really an object. Which I can accept that, except when there's a salary cap, money is an object. You're, 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 the amount you can spend is dictated to you. Now, there's ways to finagle it. You can kick the can down the road. But within reason, it's dictated to you. I think with Cam, it's a lot like John Gruden before the controversy. The, everyone thought the Raiders made a bad decision. But I think the Raiders had a specific reason to get Gruden. They needed to get to Vegas. Financially, they were in trouble in Oakland. Yep. So bring in a circus master who's going to get a lot. He's going to distract from anything other than him because Gruden was the. And all of a sudden, everyone wakes up and they're in Vegas. Right? It didn't feel like a big transition because Gruden was getting all the attention, and that helped the Raiders franchise by billions their their valuation. So you pay a hundred million or less now. For Gruden to get all the attention, to distract, and all of a sudden you get yourself to Las Vegas. I think Carolina is trying to distract from the fact they're not going to have a very good year at this point. Bring in a hero and, you know, let's give him some attention. It's almost like Kobe's last year. That was, or last two years. It wasn't a good financial contract. They paid Kobe, but it was a way to fill up. The st- you know the arena every day keep people kind of contented, and then bridge to the next. Now it took them a while to bridge, but they did bridge to the next superstar, LeBron. So to me, doesn't this feel like if you're a fan of Carolina, whatever discontent you have about Sam Darnold and anything else, all of a sudden now it's like, but Cam's back. That's a good thing. They, he brought them to a Super Bowl. That was a long time it ago. It wasn't that long ago. It was like five years ago. <laughs> it feels like forever yeah, ago. Yeah, but the, you don't get guys off the scrap heap that are MVPs. Meaning, meaning he is probably the best quarterback unsigned right now, but, right? But there's a reason he was on the scrap heap. And, yeah. and he was not good last year. But he's better than Sam Darnold. I agree. So if you can upgrade a quarterback and bring in a returning hero, yeah, you overpay you have to. But why do you have to? I don't get it. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong 
Podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Ravens eight and a half, and it's gone up. It opened six and a half. And it was seven and a half as recent as this morning. I guess this is the public money piling in on the Ravens. Is that your guess? For sure, right? And you know what? It's probably correct. And here's what I mean. There's a narrative that goes around that, quite frankly, we started because we were the first to really talk about it, which is Thursday night's a huge advantage for the home team. And we've talked about the longer travel makes it even more difficult when it is longer for the road team. But what we figured out about, oh, I don't know, a year ago was even more prevalent on Thursday night football, even more important to who wins the game is who, how good the teams are. And you may say, RJ, doesn't that always matter? Yeah, but typically how good the teams are, then you have the point spread. So it's supposed to even that out. Well, the point spread is created on these Thursday night games in the same way, right? How much better is this team? How many more yards a game? How many more efficiency improvement? Whatever. But on Thursday night, it's more about, as they say, the Jimmys and the Joes than the X's and the O's, right? X's and O's meaning the schemes, the coaching, The Jimmys and the Joes, meaning how good are these players? So imagine you had an extreme case where there was a basketball game and there was a week to prepare. So Bobby Knight back in the day or whomever is coming up with all these ideas. Belichick with two weeks in the Super Bowl, he's done things like against the Rams and the greatest show on turf. Okay, you got time to put in a lot of stuff. So the Super Bowl would be where the X's and O's means more. Here you've got three days in between. Right? Not 14. So, or seven typically, or six typically. And because of that, the short prep time, there's not time to put in anything tricky. It's pretty much play basic. Now, who has advantages when you're playing basically? Who's better? Right? It's like rolling out the ball in a basketball. There's no prep time. We're picking up fives and going. There's no play. Talent wins. Talent wins. That's a great way to say it. Talent wins. And when the talent disparity is significant, it means a ton. So when there's been a favorite on Thursday night football, eight and a half or more, and this goes back to 2006, 68% against the spread. 68%. 28 winners. 13 losers. You're not hearing that anywhere else, just in case you're wondering. That is exclusive. And it's probably the most important thing in this game. Oh, by the way, when they're on the road, you're saying, hey, road matters, right? 78%. Big favorites on the road are 7-2 and two against the spread. Now, that's only nine games, but when you have it in a bigger group that involves f- over 40, so there's 50 games in total in the big favorite group. And 
we're talking 68%. And, and, and just to be clear, that wouldn't be 50 because the overall is 41, and then the nine is a subset of that. So there's yeah. 41 overall. That was my mistake, overall games. But it's 68% overall, 78%, 7 and 2 when it's on the road. So that trumps the whole road issue. Thoughts on that? I think it's it's really good. And I, I think the Dolphins are just a mess right now. I think there's matchup advantages all over the field for the Ravens. So the Ravens, this this it makes a lot of sense that there's money coming in on these Ravens. All right, so you're going to give your best bat, and then we can decide if it's a game of the year once I have a chance to rebut it. All right, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson over 27 and a half pass attempts. Ooh. The prop market's stuck in the past on this one. Jackson threw the ball 28 times or more in a game, just 10 times his first three seasons in the league. This year, he's done that six of the eight games he's played. The other two times, he threw 26 and 27 passes. The Ravens' offense has changed fundamentally, and this prop just isn't accounting for it. The Ravens are throwing 54% of the time. That number the last two years has been around 45%. They were the lowest in the league the last two years. This year, they're they're right, outside so what, the bottom so what five. What you're saying here simply with a lot of numbers, I like the research, is what you're saying is that it's the numbers are being derived, the props, from long history – but they've changed. Yes. The Ravens are throwing more, and you're saying, I want to go over attempts, not completions, attempts. attempts. Make it official. Over 27 and a half pass attempts for Lamar Jackson tonight. Here's why I don't like it. I don't, I'm not saying I hate it, but here's why I don't like it. Is Lamar against man-to-man defenses, and Miami plays as much man-to-man as anyone, and Miami blitzes as much as anyone. He tends to want to run the ball. And meaning him himself run the ball. So in general, so if you look at his PFF grade, now is that grade? um, Rushing grade. Rushing grade, that's what I thought. Now this is great. So PFF breaks it down, and this is my best bet. Now your best bet stands, this is my best bet. Lamar Jackson rushing yards over 65 and a half. And you might say, RJ, that's a big number. RJ, it's a big Thursday game. Everyone likes to bet the over. I agree, we're fighting that here. But here's the thing. Miami blitzes a ton. And against the blitz, Lamar's rushing grade is a 90. Against the non-blitz, it's a 59. Think about that. That's PFF's grade. He is so good against the blitz where he'll let him pass him by and he'll run the ball. Right? And number two, against man-to-man, they get their backs turned to him. Right, so you got to play zone against a running quarterback. Well, Miami has trouble playing a zone. Now they were playing more zone than they typically do, but I think this is my prop bet of the year. Or at least Thursday night prop bet of the year will make it. Lamar Jackson over sixty-five and a half rushing yards. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 